We had just finished up our, our New Year's Eve service, and, and, I, and I got a call right after the service ended. And it was my vicar year, my, my pastoral internship year. And so my, my supervising pastor was the one on the line, which was kind of strange because he was out of town on vacation. But here he is calling me. He had to give me a call. Because one of the, the couples at our church, they, they just went into the hospital. They were about to have a baby. But this... This baby was coming way too early. And pastor's out of town, so, so I'm up. So I, I grab my Bible, I grab a hymnal, I, I hurry to the hospital, I, I park the car, say a quick prayer before heading up to the delivery room, just, just hoping somehow I, I can give this, this couple some comfort for whatever, whatever might happen next. And we, we waited all through the night for this baby to arrive. And we, we tried watching TV in the room like everything was normal. We, we talked a little bit. Mostly it was just silent. And there'd be some emotional low points. And we would read God's word. We'd, we'd sing some songs together. We, we prayed together. We cried together. Finally, that, the next morning, the, the baby arrived. But little, little baby Braden was, was already gone. And... This event that was supposed to be so amazing and welcoming a new life into this world, it was just turned so upside down to not be saying hello, but to say goodbye. And I went into this situation, and I'm sure this, this couple did too, expecting that, hey, you know, maybe everything's going to turn out just fine. Because maybe little Braden, he's going to beat the odds. He's going to survive even when, when the doctor says there's no chance. This wasn't one of those times. No miracles. And as the, the, new, the first hours of that new year began, this, this couple had to, to ring in the new year with tears and, and this horrible, empty feeling of loss. It was tragic to to see something like this happen, something so awful. And, and you just, you never, you never forget what it was like to be part of that, to be there and, and see it, even if it was just me who was just there as a bystander. You don't forget that. And, and what can you say? What can you say to someone who goes through a tragedy like that? What can you possibly say to comfort someone, to tell them, God loves you, God has a plan? You can't help but ask the question, why? God, why would you allow something like this to happen? Tragedy, sometimes it doesn't just cause sadness. It, it can bring on feelings of anger, even anger toward, toward God. Tragedy, if we let it, it could break our trust in God. And today, the face of faith that we're looking at is a face that knows tragedy pretty well. Uh, a sad, beaten down, confused, angry face. This widow from the town of, of Zarephath, she'd already lost so much. And now when, when her son is taken from her, she reaches a breaking point. She, she lashes out in anger against God and against his prophet Elijah. Because this woman, this widow, had already taken such a great leap of faith and put her trust in 
in the Lord's prophet and in his God. Just a little bit earlier, there is this intense drought, and, and the widow, she's preparing herself for a tragedy. She doesn't have a husband to help care for her. It was hard to survive, and, and she was assuming that pretty soon her, her son and her would starve to death. And then, when Elijah comes across her, he asks her if she can spare some bread, some water for him as he travels through. The woman said to him, just before this account we read, she says, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. But Elijah says, don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said, but first make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me. And then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. The jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. The widow trusted the words of Elijah, the words of the Lord. And the Lord kept his word. That little jar of flour, that little jug of oil never ran dry. Each day they were replenished. Each day she had enough to feed herself and her son and even Elijah too. The Lord, the God of Israel, heard her call for help. He answered. He came to the rescue. He provided. He placed a trust in this widow's heart to do something that, that should have made no sense for her to do. A great act of trust. But knowing the background of, of this widow, doesn't it just make what happens next even more confusing? Sometime later, the son of the woman who, who owned the house became ill. He grew worse and worse and finally stopped breathing. Why? Why would God go through all this trouble of, of working this trust in this woman and to rescue her from starvation only to have her son die now? Why would God not only take this, this woman's husband from her, but now her son too? Why would God give with one hand and take with the other? That's what this widow was wondering. And she was angry. She, she lashes out at Elijah. What do you have against me, man of God? Did you come to remind me of my sin and kill my son? She's wondering why Elijah would even bother showing up to give her this little glimmer of hope only to take it away. And she's angry at herself for ever allowing Elijah to step foot in her house. And actually, she's really angry at God. She calls Elijah man of God because she knows who this is all really coming from. And she figures this is just God trying to highlight her sin and make her pay for it. She figures this is just God and Elijah working up this, this twisted, cruel game to, to take her through. And, and what happens here, it does seem to fly in the face of what God had just promised to her. That she would have food to last through the doubt, that she would, that she would be taken care of and safe, her and her son. He promised her life. So why would the God who promised life bring death instead? 
You know, even Elijah wanted to know the answer to this. You know, why do you think Elijah went up to a different room in the house away from the widow with the son? I think it's probably because he had to voice his own anguish over what had just happened. He had his own doubts about what God was trying to do here, and he didn't want the widow to see him struggling with those doubts. He cried out to the Lord, Lord my God, have you brought tragedy, even on this widow I am staying with, by causing her son to die? Elijah may not have been angry at God, but he sure seems to have been confused by God. He had his own questions for God. He had his own doubts. He too was torn up over this boy's death. He too was wondering why God would cause this to happen to such a kind woman who had taken, in him, had taken him in and had such great trust in the Lord. Why would the God who promised life bring death instead? And when tragedy strikes, we scramble for answers. We want to know why. Why would God allow awful things like, like these tragedies to happen? What's his purpose? What's he trying to achieve with all of this? Why would bad things happen to, to good people? And we maybe even not only get angry, we, we lash out at God. Whether we're like the widow who went through a tragedy, whether we're like that couple with the stillborn child, or whether we're like Elijah, just a bystander to it, we, we get upset, we get angry at God, we lash out at him, we wonder, what do you have against me, God? Maybe we even think, God's just being cruel. He doesn't seem to have my best interests at heart. And maybe you even start to wonder, is God really real? If, if such tragedies like this are happening all around, tragedy threatens to break our trust in God. It threatens to make us give up on God because we're so upset with him. That's what it looks like this widow should have done too. Should have given up on God. Should have stopped trying to place her trust in him. But she's our face of faith today for good reason. When Elijah asked the widow to give him her son, she handed him over. And this tells us something about this widow. Someone else might have just clung to that, that lifeless child in their grief. Why, why would she give her son away to the man she thought was responsible for his death? And yet, in, in one more tearful act of trust, she hands her son to Elijah. Maybe this, this man and his God who came to the rescue once can come and save again. And her trust is placed correctly. Once again, Elijah takes that boy upstairs and in an act of showing the transfer of his own life, his own breath into the child, he, he stretches out three times over the, the, the boy and he cries out a desperate prayer to God, Lord my God, let this boy's life return to him. Breath entered into that boy's lifeless lungs. His silent heart began to beat. His dead organs went back to work. The God who promises life restored life. The boy lived. Elijah, in his joy, he runs back downstairs carrying the child saying, Look, your son is alive. Then the, the woman said to Elijah, Now I know that you are a man of God and that the word of the Lord from your mouth is the truth. Verse 
This widow's faith was put to the test in this tragedy. But you see how the Lord used even this tragedy to work an even fuller trust in her, to trust God even more. Now, now she knew exactly what kind of God, the God of Israel, Yahweh, who he really was. The God who promised life brought death so that he could prove to her and to Elijah that he has the power to restore life even from death itself. That's the kind of God the God of Israel is. The end of the story is just, it's so good. It's so uplifting. But we do, we do still have one more problem with all this, right? Maybe, maybe as you're hearing this, this account, you're thinking, yeah, this, this is great and all, but this isn't what happens in real life today. And maybe this is what makes us angrier at God more than anything, is that we don't get a miracle like the widow of Zarephath got. When people die, they stay dead. When this, this couple had their, their stillborn little boy, they didn't get a miracle. Nothing anyone did or said could bring him back. And so we're still stuck with the question, why? Why would the God who promises life and who has the power to bring dead people back to life, why would he not do the same for us? Well, we're not guaranteed to get our loved ones back in this life like the widow did. That's okay. We get something even better. We get the guarantee of life after death. We do get the guarantee that we can see our loved ones again, alive, in heaven, more alive than they, they've ever been before. This account is just a glimpse. It's just a glimpse of the power of our life-restoring, death-defeating God. This widow's son rising to life, it's just a glimpse of the even greater resurrection of Jesus. It's just a glimpse of our own resurrection that we get one day. Just a glimpse of the bodily resurrection of all believers on the last day. And you think about it, you know, this, this widow's son, yes, he was raised to life. He grew up. One day, he died again. He's not alive today. But Jesus at his resurrection, put the sting of death to death permanently. The God who promises life brought death to his only son so that we might have eternal life, the kind of life that Jesus told us about. He said, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And remember what Elijah said, look, your son is alive. That's our rallying cry too. Look, God's son is alive. He is risen. And because he is, all who die in him will also live in him and live life to the full. And we also get to take one phrase, not just from Elijah, but also from the widow. She says, now I know. Now she knew, now she, she understood even better how much she could trust her God. God took her from tragedy to trust. 
God provided a miracle for her through the prophet Elijah to back up her trust in the word of her Lord. And God gives, he gives a miracle to you and me too to back up our trust in him. He gives us the miracle on the cross and in the empty tomb to back up our trust that he keeps his word, that his promises come true. The God who promises life restores life. He brings life back from the dead. He does what no other God can do. And now we make that phrase our own. Now I know. God's son is alive. Now I know I will live too. Now I know my faith is placed in the right place. Now I know that I can trust the word of my God. Jesus promises life after death. And we know this isn't just some bedtime story to put our minds at ease, to give us hope where there really is none. This trust, it's based on a true story. Jesus lived. He died. He rose from the dead in a heaven and earth shattering historical event. Look, God's son is alive and that means we will live too. That couple from my vicar year with their stillborn little boy, God took them from tragedy to trust as well. That couple, they, they have their own little child now and I just know they, they treasure every moment they get to spend together. They're happy now. They really are. And yet, they'll, they'll never forget their little boy, Braden. There will always be sadness attached to that. But you and I, too, we can give people the right words to say. We can, we can say the right words when tragedy strikes. We can say something to tell them that God really does have a plan. Tell them why God would have something like this happen. At the, the graveside funeral for, for little Braden, I'll never forget the devotion that my supervising pastor gave to the family of little Braden. He said, one of the best things is going to Disney World and getting a fast pass. With that fast pass, you get to skip every line for every ride. You get to get right to what you came for, enjoying the park. God, he decided to give Braden a fast pass. God decided he, he couldn't wait to have Braden there with him in heaven. And so he, he decided to let Braden skip every heartache, every trouble that this life brings on people. He decided to let Braden skip right into heaven, into Jesus' arms right away. And you're going to see him there one day too. And he'll be so excited to tell you everything about it. God will bring you from sadness to hope, from anger to joy, from tragedy to trust. Amen.